All right. We've got a lot to talk about today with the latest football news, including transfer portal and coaching changes, uh, Florida Gators men's basketball game versus Maryland, and the women's basketball game against FS, who only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com and... We are going to get right into this one. Um, with the football team, first thing we're going to talk about is two of the bigger transfer portal names. Obviously, we spoke about Chris Bogle last week. Uh, we're not going to go super in-depth on these two guys today because we've also got to talk about coaching changes and the basketball games, so so much to do. But uh, Jacob Copeland and Mohamed Diabati, they both hit the transfer portal. Uh, Diabati hit it Friday, and then uh, Jacob Copeland hit it Thursday evening-ish, I guess. Um, and I am not happy about either of these. Um, I, I know that Jacob Copeland, Cope, whatever, is a polarizing player among the fan base. Um, a lot of people don't like that he goes on Twitter and he's like, uh, what was it with? I forgot. I think it was a Georgia game. Someone was like, oh, like 13 catches, 221 yards and two TDs or something like that. He was like, I don't get the ball enough to do that. And people get upset when someone says things like that. But uh, he wasn't wrong. Um, he, and I'm also of the same that I, I, I like Jacob Copeland. I think he's a very talented receiver. I think he's very good. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it didn't work out. He entered the transfer portal. He's going to play in the ball game. So it's going to be his last game as a Gator in a week and a half. Um, which, which sucks again. Like I'm, I'm someone who I very much like J- Jacob Copeland. I think he's immensely talented. I think he was horribly underutilized and hopefully wherever he goes is the right spot for him. Diabati is another one where it's like, Hey, I mean, people don't dislike him as much. People tend to generally like mom and Diabati just because he's very, he seems like a very genuine person and a very kind person. Um, but play wise, He's the linebacker that played the most. The linebackers this year, just cut and dry, weren't good. So obviously, if you're the linebacker that plays the most and the linebackers weren't good, and you're supposed to be the best one at that case too, um, you're going to catch some of the flack, which is deservedly so. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You know, Diabati, he made some boneheaded plays too, where I think it was Kentucky. Uh, there was like a solid stop, and then he got uh, a late hit penalty. And stuff like that, where it's just like... Yeah, but th- things happen, and it is what it is. But uh, and no matter how you feel about either of those players, I think it it needs to be said that at this point, no matter how you feel about them off the field, on the field, I don't care. They don't. They probably don't care. Um, but the Florida Gators are losing their leading receiver in Jacob Copeland, and their leading tackler in Diabate. So. It, it, it's rough to lose because, again, you could talk about 
talent, whatever, they were the most productive at their position. So when you look at it that way, it's like, well, that sucks to lose the most productive players to your position. And even talking about Diabate, where it's like, oh, like, who cares? Linebackers suck. He was still usually the best one this year. Tyron Hopper kind of overtook him later in the season. But Diabate was usually the best linebacker on the field. So, yeah, not great. But we still lost our best one. So that sucks. There's a lot of change happening. Of course, again, the coaching staff. This one's going to be a little quicker. Uh, starting off with Andrew Burkett, he got named, well, I'm recording this Sunday night. Uh, so a few hours ago, Andrew Burkett got named the Director of Research and Evaluation. I don't know exactly what that role is going to entail with Florida, but he was with Billy Napier at Louisiana. He is on the support staff, so he's dipping into that $5 million. He's not going to be part of the $7.5 million, I believe. But Andrew Burkett, Florida Gator Joe Hamilton, a personnel analyst for the defense, was also with Billy Napier at Louisiana. And then two other names I wanted to talk about, which are bigger names. And uh, Jamar Chaney is a defensive analyst covering linebackers. He was in the NFL from 2010 to 2014, played at Mississippi State. Uh, He started coaching in 2016. He was a high school coach until 2019 when he joined the Florida Gators as the, uh, um, the assistant director of player personnel. And then he left for a year to go to Mississippi State, which is, again, his alma mater, uh, to be a senior defensive analyst. And now he's back in Gainesville. Back mm, back into Gainesville groove. Sorry, I hate myself. Um, but he is now a defensive analyst spe- uh, specifying linebackers for the University of Florida. And then Darnell Stapleton is an assistant coach of the offensive line now, which we knew we'd get. Uh, Darnell Stapleton played offensive line professionally from 2007 to 2010. He he started his coaching career in 2011 with the New York Sharks, which is a women's football team. And then he went on to be a GA at Rutgers, and he bounced around as an assistant at Bucknell and Sam Houston State before this past season joining Louisiana under coach Billy Napier. So Billy Napier is bringing over a lot of assistants, a lot of support staff, a lot of these guys that he's worked with. And that's, I mean, I think it's pretty cool at least. So Billy Napier, he's, he's filling out his staff. He's building the army that we knew he would get. Again, we're expecting 30 or more assistants. So it's going to be a massive coaching staff. Billy Napier is filling it out. And one of the things that I like with Jamar Chaney and Darnell Stapleton specifically, uh, he's filling it out with NFL players. And I, I get it. You know, Jamar Chaney's an analyst. He's not an on-field role. So that's not, nearly as important of course but with darnell stapleton he's an assistant coach of the offensive line that played in the nfl i i don't care if you you know two decade career in the nfl couple training camps doesn't matter you played in the nfl you made it to the highest level possibly attainable in professional football or in football in general and he did it for a few years the average nfl career is 3.3 years by the way he was there from 20, 2007 to 2010, which is four seasons. So, hey, above average NFL career, if you want to talk about it that way. So Darnell Stapleton is someone that I'm actually very excited to see with Florida. I, Yeah, I, I just can't wait to see how, uh, how the rest of this coaching staff really fills out. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. And I know you will too. Prospect offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, bowl games, people. Bowl games. Get your paper. 
NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five. Like, hey, Jacob Copeland won last time as a Gator, if you want to do that. And some players you might not have heard of, like Bryant Kobach. Toledo plays Middle Tennessee State this Friday. Go nuts. Go crazy. I don't care. It's, it's your money. So, hmm. Uh, Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on Jacob Copeland receptions, whatever, with the under on Colin Castleton rebounds. Sure, go ahead. In the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, talking about this basketball game, um, I'm just going to tell you, I, I usually do like preps, like I'll, I'll take like bullet points or whatever. Um, I didn't do that for this one because I was actually at the game this time. So that was, that was really cool to be able to be in the Barclays Center in the press box watching that. So that was, that was dope. Um, it was weirdly, it it felt like an away game. Obviously it's not a home game and it's supposed to be a neutral site, but it felt like an away game. Um, there were a lot of Gators fans. There were a lot more Maryland Terrapins fans. Um, they were very loud and very i mean it, it was a great crowd so that was it for them but uh it, it was one of those games where colin castleton was very active in the post early on he's been i mean I, there was one point in the game where i, I think i tweeted it out where i was like colin castleton is being like he, he's being aggressive in the second half like he he is pissed he's calling for the ball he is playing tough defense. He sent one ball. I thought it was going to break the court when he blocked that damn thing. So Colin Castleton, uh, of course, foul trouble. Really screwed him. I, I don't even know his minutes exactly, but I want to say he played maybe eight minutes in the first half. Uh, so the whole first half is pretty much without Colin Castleton. Second half, he played most of it until he fouled out in the final couple minutes, which sucked. Um, especially because I don't think the foul was on Colin Castle. I, I couldn't see because it was on the other side of the court. I couldn't see who it was on, but it didn't look like Colin Castleton was the one that actually committed the foul. Uh, Florida ran a lot of pick and roll and almost never passed it into the paint. I, I, I mean, yeah, it was one of those games where it's like, oh, like pick and roll, swing it. And it was like, do it. Like, I, I, I don't like Jatobo finished one of them, but for the most part, it was not not they were running the pick and roll just for the sake of running the pick and roll. They weren't passing in. They were rolling, but they weren't passing in. Um, there was a 10 second violation that Maryland got that I think screwed Florida out of a couple of free points because I, I, I don't know what happened, um, but Maryland like threw the ball and I believe it was Flanders Fleming Jr. Uh, deflected it and then caught it himself. And, like, it seemed like after he landed with the ball, the ref blew the whistle. And, like, even Philandros Fleming was like, I have the ball, though. Um, because it's weird. Like, once he caught the ball, that should have restarted the Gator – or that should have started the Gator shot clock, and they would have had a fast-break opportunity there. But instead, referee blew the – I don't even remember how the possession wound up. We could have hit a three off it. And, yay! But, uh, yeah, no, it was really weird. Um, Flores' defense was – harassing and the thing that mm, the thing that bothers me with florida's defense is usually like when we talk about football terms oftentimes we're like hey like they play ben don't break defense they do they they play ben don't break they play ben don't break whatever 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 florida does the opposite 
Florida's basketball team does the exact opposite. They either suffocate you and force a turnover or they foul you to give you free points um, or you get an open shot out of it. It's, it's very frustrating that they are the opposite of Ben Don't Break. They are literally you're shut down or you're getting free points. Uh, that's unacceptable. Like you look at, I, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but you know, Maryland shot a, a pretty, pretty high uh, shooting percentage against Florida. It was, it was, again, it was turnover or which by the way, Florida was forcing turnovers, but not converting on any of them, but it was turnover or it was points for Maryland. And it was incredibly frustrating. Uh, Maryland, I thought was playing very physical in the first half, especially offensively off ball. I felt like there were a lot of push-offs that just like, didn't get called. Maryland got called for two fouls in the first half, and then not even four minutes. I think not even four minutes into the second half, they had twice at that. They had four fouls in that half. Um, the officiating was just like inconsistent. I'm not. I'm not the type to be like, wow, the refs blew the game because while the refs were bad, I I, I acknowledge they were bad, and I acknowledge in a close game, if you say the refs are bad, you can usually say, well, hey, if it's a better officiated game, maybe it's a different result. So I, I acknowledge that, but. Florida, your shot selection. Um, I don't know how to put it other than what the hell is going through your mind when you are on offense. I, I Philandris Felman Jr., phenomenal game for everything except shot selection. You know, rebounding, I believe he led the team in rebounding. Assists, I believe he led the team in assists or was tied for the lead in assists. Um, and then, you know, defense, he, he was balling out there defensively but offensively what the hell was his shots like he got bailed out by the way uh on the second three-point attempt i don't believe he got fouled from my angle i don't think he got fouled but he got the whistle and he got the free throws or two of the three free throws um but yeah i mean it, it was like what i don't know what is going on specifically flanders filming jr especially uh drives me bonkers um he is just so high ceiling high floor in like back-to-back plays that it, it's ridiculous to me uh brandon mckissick is maybe my favorite transfer in any sport ever uh he is just he he's just so awesome he's just high motor going through it incessantly i uh, loved him and yeah i mean it, it, it was an ugly game you know late in the game tyree appleby holy shoe hoof that <laughs> Cold blooded Terry Appleby is just he's he's dead. I'm convinced there's no blood running through his body. He is just he is dead. Uh he did get a stupid tech earlier in the game for like I think it was staring down a defender after hitting a three, which is like, ooh, you're so cool. But it was a really close game. Um and and that's what you did about it. Like, think about it. if they don't get that tech, maybe, uh just maybe. Florida doesn't have to take a step back three to possibly win the game at the end. You could literally try to force your way in for a layup and things like that, where it's like, mm-hmm, very frustrating. Uh, but for the most part, Tyree Appleby, cold blood. I don't think he scored in the first half, ended the game with 15 on five of eight shooting from three. I want to say maybe five of nine shooting from three. Um, but it was, it was a great game from shooting wise. He's just, again, cold blooded. Um, he was a freak. Um, and his heat check, I don't even care that he took a bad shot for his heat check because that dude is just on fire. He he I I don't I can't even say he needs more minutes. He plays enough minutes. Uh, 
It's just really shot selection for the most part. Not even, I'm not talking about him. I think his shot selection is fine. But guys like Flanders, Colin Castleton, honestly, what what are you doing sometimes? Like, I, I get it. You're the post guy. You can score in the post. Good for you. You can work around. You can do spins and up and unders and fadeaways and hooks. And you're so cool. But sometimes you just got to rein it in, man. It, it was just bad. Uh, Florida lost 70 to 68. They are off until Saturday, which is great. They take on South Florida. Again, this is their third game in seven days. So getting this five-day stretch to just relax and practice and do whatever and then play on Saturday is hopefully going to be very big for the Skaters uh, basketball team. Hopefully they can clean things up. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game. The grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a lifetime, a a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends. Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and many more, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location for more information. Have y'all tried Build Bar Puffs? Because if you haven't, you, you're making poor choices. I can tell you that because they are so damn good. i just being completely honest with you. So good. And Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like moi, uh, that's no longer a problem, especially Built Bar Puffs. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and most importantly, high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy it. If you're keto, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. And again, don't miss out the Ruby Chocolate. Just just try Ruby Chocolate Built Bar Puffs. I promise you. It, it, it's so good. Now, looking at the women's basketball game against Florida State, Florida Gators women's basketball team improved to nine and three with the win, so that was big. Uh, they won sixty nine to fifty five, so it, it was a. Uh, this game gave me an aneurysm. I'm sorry. Uh, it was a big win, decisive win, blowout win, really. But it was, it it, it was such a bizarro game because you know even last I think it was Thursday's episode of Lockdown Gators when I spoke about the Florida Gators women's basketball team and I was like you know. Lavender Briggs, Kiki Smith, and um, and Jordan Merritt are the OKC big three. And the entire, I, I said that, this is the first game they've played since then, and they all did not perform as well as they usually, I said it, and they were just like, oh, really? We suck now. Um, so Lavender Briggs and Kiki Smith combined for six of 26 shooting which is just so awful. Like that that's really bad. like that that is what I shoot at the park 
and I suck at shooting. Uh, I like shot selection wise. I'm like the men's basketball team. Um, it's, that's just how it is. I'm sorry to tell you that. But yeah, Flamander Briggs and Geeky Smith shot combined six for 26 shooting, scored just 15 points, which by the way, if they didn't score a single point, Florida only would have lost this game by one. Um, that's I feel like that's saying a lot if your two-star players play horribly and you win the game by 14. Uh, they also combined for 12 rebounds and four assists. And then Jordan Merritt, who is the James Harden of the bunch, because, of course, she comes off the bench. She's a great scorer. Uh, not a great scorer against Florida State. Quiet game, seven points on three of six shooting, though. So it's not like it's not like she was, uh, I believe, Lavender Briggs was two for 13, and then Kiki Smith was three for 13. Uh, so, no, it, it's not the same. Jordan Merritt just didn't shoot as much, which is fine, because you look at Emmanuel J. Oliveira, huge game absolutely monster game 16 points on four of seven shooting to go with six rebounds she led the team in scoring just a huge game floor tuners also had six rebounds which isn't isn't amazing but hey and i believe two points so yeah i mean it's a good game nina records um shooting percentage wise an atrocious game uh, Nina Rickard shot just one for seven, but she did have eight rebounds, which is still insane to me that she has games where she does that. And she's like five, eight. So, I mean, that's just dope. Uh, that, that's, that's insane to me, at least to be like, Hey, yeah. One of the smallest people on the team. She, she's out here doing it. Um, she, she's out here on the boards. Uh, so that's, that, yeah, that's just one of those things. It's like, Hey, it's cool. Nothing really, uh, insane of value that I can give with that, but, but Hey, it's cool to talk about that. She got, <laughs> she had the eight rebounds. She's one of the smallest people on the court. Uh, Zippy Broughton brought in the juice off the, I, I hate myself. Zippy Broughton brought in the juice off the bench with 11 points on five of eight shooting. It was again, like I said, it's a bizarro game. None of your stars showed up. You have three people that I'm like, Hey, like they're the stars, Lavender Briggs, Katie Smith, and Jordan Merritt. None of them really showed up. And all of the role players did, though. And, I, again, I think that speaks volume for this team where it's, you know, your starters, your stars didn't play well at all. Like, not, objectively, didn't play well at all. All three of your stars didn't show up. Your role players did. You went into a rivalry game, and you blew them out. And, I, I mean, blew them out. 69-55 is a blowout. And that's exactly what the Florida Gators women's basketball team did. So it was just, it, it's one of those things where, again, I keep saying it. It's cool to be like, hey, you know, we went into a game where the Stars straight up did not show up today. It, that's just, that that's a simple, um, unequivocal, undeniable fact that the Stars just didn't show up, but still blew out your opposition the Florida Gators women's basketball team plays again on Tuesday, so tomorrow. Uh, not a big break in between, but they take on Murray State in Gainesville. This game was in Gainesville. The last game was in Gainesville. So a whole bunch of games in Gainesville. So while they're not, they're not getting a, a ton of time off between these games, at least they're not being forced to travel as well. So Florida Gators women's basketball team, good on you for uh, not disappointing on Sunday afternoon, I guess. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. 
Don't miss out tomorrow as we'll keep up with the latest on the Florida Gators football team. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. You can find all of my written work, which is W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.